Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about election integrity and what it has to do with it, <laughs> or what it has to do with a better America. Um, on Sunday, I believe, or, or Saturday, uh, the President of the United States had a phone call with the uh, Secretary of State, and this was before the um, runoff election between Raphael Warnock and uh, Kelly Loeffler and uh, David Perdue and John Ossoff. Um, in this conversation, the president was trying to coerce and um, basically find a way to win the state of Georgia, even if there was no viable way to do this. And if that's not what he was trying to do, then the second thing would be he was trying to um, so doubts in the um, how to be voters. So therefore, um, they can still see him as a winner. So, um, some of my quotes will be from the um, conversation between the uh, president and the secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger. Um, my quotes are direct quotes. I did write them down after listening to the hour long, um, hour plus long conversation. Because I did not want to listen to sound bites and get pundits. I wanted to get a full picture of what was going on. Um, and I strongly encourage after everyone talking, uh, after listening to me, that people go listen to the whole audio and um, see what they make of it. And, um, to set up a primal for this, it looks like people started as just a regular phone call. Oh, the president called the Secretary of State, he could have a conversation. And here is here's why that's not what's happening, or that is not what happened. And why there's a different way to look at this. In a conversation, the president said, and I quote, I quote what's the difference between two votes in um, 500,000 votes, basically, it's saying, hey, um, I can win by just two votes. Is there anything you can do to um, make that happen? I need 11,000 votes, the president says, give me a break. Give, I need 11,000 votes, give me a break, the president says. And the, the reason why this isn't normal is the president of the United States is having a conversation with the Secretary of State, who is an elected Republican in the state of Georgia, and the president is also a Republican. So he's having a conversation with someone within his own party, trying to have a conversation on what can I do to be victorious in this state, in the sense of what can you do for me to make sure that I'm victorious in this state? And some people may see that as normal. Some people may say it's just like, but it's not. What the president exercise here was what can happen in a different country. You see the thing with 
us here in America is we've been very comfortable. We've had 240 plus years of practicing this this uh, democracy thing and building infrastructure to make sure that it uh, succeeds. And you know, we just go about our day, you know, we just go about our business. And when we see something like this, we can easily blow it off. See, we're very comfortable. You see, if you make 30 to 60K anywhere outside the city, anywhere in the south, um, you're doing pretty well if you don't live inside of the uh, city itself. You see, if you make anywhere um, 100K or higher with a single uh, combined household, um, even in the uh, major cities, uh, you know, you're just going about your day. Making you know sixty to hundred k, you know, as long as you keep your expenses down, you you make certain decisions, you you're fairly okay. You may not be rich or um, millionaire, but you're okay in the sense that you're gonna have a roof over your head, you're gonna have some water, you're gonna have some entertainment, and you might have some leftover. You see, we're comfortable because if you meet any one of those criteria, you're in the top ten percent of the walk, point blank period. It's nothing to argue. So you can live on the other side of the sea, you know, that's how the wall, that's what I would say. So we're comfortable. We're enjoying our life. We hear a conversation like this, we're like, ah, it's nothing. But what we don't what we don't see is how far the president was willing to go. You see the president proceeded to say. You will be respected if something can be straightened out by tomorrow. You see, the president was trying to, this conversation happened on Sunday. He needed the elections or certain things to happen by Monday. So, therefore, he, by by, by Tuesday, I believe there's going to be a runoff. And by Wednesday, the election would need it to be uh, certified. And after Wednesday, um, there's nothing the president can do to overturn the election. So he was looking for ways to sow discord, to um, have a process that undermines uh, the democracy, to, pre- to present a big question mark, to plant seeds in the, in, in the minds of his voters, of some of his base, even if um, he's gone before the cuts and they've said, hey, have nothing here you see the cards don't really you know care about you know left right 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 left um they want some evidence they want to see what you are um, complaining about and he failed to show them anything reasonable so now he's going to the secretary of state as his last means to help him out you know we're from the same party do something funny Trump was there to say, you know, you'll be respected if something can be straightened out by tomorrow. Again, they hate you. They hate the state. I think it's dangerous stuff 
You know, you have to find his roots. It's criminal. It's criminal, the president. Goes on to say, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. They hate you, Brad. They hate the state. You see, what the president was doing here was um, making a case that, hey, you are not to be trusted anymore. You can't be liked by this party anymore because you're not doing my bidding. You see, in a different part of the world, what the president could have done, and I say this from living in a different part of the world, He could have said, oh, I need you to find his votes. We're from the same party. You're my guy. We're friends. We're not enemies. And the Secretary of State, the election official, the governor, whoever in charge of election says, ah, I can't do that. And then the next day, their daughter's kidnapped, you know. Or their uncle is on the newspaper. He was robbed in courts, you know, shot dead. You see, I'm a little hesitant to make this example because I know that's not where we are. But you see, the reason the President of the United States cannot say that is he actually will break in the law. He most likely will be impeached, possibly jailed. Because, you know, it took 240 years to build this thing, to make this democracy work for us. And that's why um, one man cannot come in in three and a half or four years to destroy this thing. But I guarantee you that whether he knew it consciously or unconsciously, he was trying. He was using the same tactics as others on the other side of the world we use. And it's evident to me that the people that support him are in fact living way too comfortably. He's driving around. They can pick up the phone and call 911 and they're good. It's an emergency room somewhere. For the most part, they're actually in the top 10, if not in the top 5% of the world, so therefore they've gotten so comfortable. So therefore, they see this, they hear this, and they find it to be normal. They say, oh, it's just a conversation with Secretary of State, what's wrong with it? It's a comment that I read over and over. See, they've not lived on the other side of the world where the president gone as far as to threaten the life of this um, Secretary of State. You see, he didn't have to do it himself. What he had to do was just incite violence. And then people that believe him make Facebook pages, make different groups. And they have the Secretary of State and his family on a picture with a sniper in that same picture. And they have his address and they share it online. You see, that's something the President of the United States was helping to encourage, whether he wants to admit it or not. You see, the reason why he couldn't do it himself was he would have gone to jail. Because the DOJ, regardless of whether or not it had procedures to arrest a sitting president, would have said you have gone too far. If he had gone before court, if he had, you know, threatened the Secretary of State's life, um, the court would have said you've gone too far. You know, the Congress, some of them that actually backed him, would have said you've gone too far. So that's the only reason he couldn't do that. But he was using every single tactic in the book that he was allowed to do in America. He was crossing the line. And I don't know how, how some of us could not have seen that. 
because we will never leave. Some of them so sure that that's a part of him having to leave that side of the United States. That's why they say it's just a phone call. They don't understand what was really happening in that, in that conversation. They don't get it. I have lived on the outside of the sea for many, many years. So that's why I said, man, America is sweet. They've put together a good team here. And this guy's trying to destroy it. They just can't see it. You see, that's how I understand. So we have conversations on, you know, what can we do to build the system to be better for us all? Can we spend some attention, you know, on infrastructure? Can we build a better um, immigration system, so immigration reform, infrastructure reform, cleaner energy? Um, we need to solve health care. See, McKeown asked a few years ago, Mac, what would you do if you are president of the United States? What would be the first thing you fix? He said, health care. <laughs> and boy, I could find you home in Americans that would say the exact same thing. Our health care is in shambles. You see, we have the best research, the best doctors, best machineries, some of the best machineries in the world. And my God, have we not been able to solve or cure AIDS? We have the best health care the best researchers, lots of money going into this program. At this point, probably trillions of dollars. Oh my God, have we not been able to cure all forms of cancer? You see, we have the best medical system in the world and you know the best healthcare and the best research. Oh my God, they're saying that um, there is no cure for what's the STD we are all, uh, well, not we all, but uh, not me, but um, a lot of American population um, have, um, um, what's that one, um, um, herpes, I believe. Um, yeah, they said uh, millions of people have it. There's no cure. Oh God, we have money though. We have research. We have abundance of research. We know how the body work, the cells work. We are some of the best medical people in the world, point blank, period. You know, we have some of the best uh, medicine, best people in the world, but um, we are one of the most obese nations in the world. You know, we have some of the best research, some of the best medical people in the world, but um, we, we are, there, there's research coming out now saying that um, some of our um, food we consume with the amount of sugars and processed sugars in it um, would, ex, would end up making heart disease and certain similar illnesses greater than the diseases caused by smoking and drinking combined in the next 20 years. And they're talking tens of millions at this point. And it's not alarmist doctors or researchers. People are just calling out the facts and flowing the numbers and the trend. Yet I've not seen one YouTube ad talking about cut down your sugar and go on a walk. You know? But we all have TVs in our homes. We all have mobile devices in our homes. You see, that's what I started this for, to have those type of conversations. To focus on the things that we can solve to make ourselves a better nation. But it appears it appears that we haven't even answered the question, what kind of nation are we? Because even after the president made that phone call, there were people on the Senate, there were people on the House of Rep behind applause that said, oh, it's just a phone call. We're going to vote to object Joe Biden's presidency, the next president of the United States. And this is before Tuesday. This is uh, this is this is even before the um, Senate runoff when this phone call occurred. So the runoff has not happened yet, and we haven't seen the outcome of it. But this president having a phone call, and that phone call 
the president continued to say, um, where's a lady? And um, I don't want to say her name. I feel it's completely inappropriate. He says, where's this lady and her daughter? You can't find them anymore anyway. They're no longer on social media. And he continues to repeat her name. And then he called her a non-operative connoisseur of stealing election or something like that. So this person have deleted their Facebook, their social media, and pretty much they're in hiding because their life is in danger because the president chose to single them out and say they're engaging in fraud. However, this person is just trying to count the vote. This is just a regular person in the United States. And the president have singled them out and their lives are now in danger. And they're probably similar Facebook groups with someone trying to share the ad or someone trying to share the Facebook. And the president repeats her name over and over and over again. To even get to the point of fixing some of our issues and moving the nation forward and being, you know, having the best infrastructure, using our best medical talents to fix a lot of our medical problems, you know, increasing minimum wage, fixing health care, um, getting, getting our history to know how we've got to where we are so we can decide where we're going forward. It looks like we need to be able to solve or answer the question, who are we as a nation? What's our operating principles? Because I don't see how we could get to debates on policies and say, hey, you know, I really believe, you know, at the end of the day, we're all Americans in this. You know, that's why I think the last podcast talk about both sides of the coin. Because yes, um, it does seem like the Democratic Party lately have been presenting ideas of this is how we criminal justice reform. This is how we go about um, dealing with health care. This is what we need. This is how we fix it. This is, let's get minimum wage taken care of. Let's do this. Let's do that. At least they're presenting ideas. They seem to be the party that are pushing forward more ideas to move the nation forward. The Republicans made the party, you know, raising more and more objections to the ideas without equally producing as much good ideas. And this is, this is not a political um, podcast in the sense of who is better, who is right, who is wrong. But this is an observation. But at the end of the day, I think we're all Americans. We're all in this. That's why I refer to Republicans on one side of the um, coin and Democrats on the other side of the coin. But it's one coin. And the coin is the United States of America. But to even get to having this conversation, still we see the Republicans can catch up and begin to present their own good ideas. We need to... Um, we need to be able to condemn these, these behaviors. We need to not be too comfortable to where the president is having these phone calls and we're saying it's just a phone call. Because it's in a different parts of the sea, he would have been able to um, coerce the uh, Secretary of State and change the outcome of the election and um, disenfranchise um, millions of people. You see, that's a path to dictatorship. Now, the system is built such that he'll be removed from power if things did escalate that far. But he did push the line as far as he could have inside of the United States. That's what I want people to be able to see. That's what he was doing in that phone call. Nothing else. No matter what anyone tries to say. And that's from living on both sides of the sea. So, you know, governors and presidents and heads of states are coerced people to their will 
he just did what he could do on American soil. He even had his lawyers on the phone while having this conversation. Saying they hate you, they hate your state, you know. He's using words, he's using the words that can work. Because he can flat out say, I'm going to arrest you, I'm coming after you. You see, he was shot of saying that. He wanted to say that, you know, but he can't, and he knew that. And after the phone call, the senator from Georgia, David Perdue, says, oh, I can't believe the Secretary of State records a conversation with the president in a private call. No, 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 Mr. Perdue. You see, that's what you get wrong. If you listen to the whole conversation, you could have also said, I understand his loss. I understand he's upset with losing, but this is Georgia. We do what we do here because we're a sovereign state. You see the separation of powers. So I understand the president's upsetness, but I cannot, I cannot fully condone his behavior. But he took the other side of this conversation. We can't trust such people as leaders. That's the problem. The Republicans vowing to object to the electoral college can be considered leaders. And I hate that this conversation is spent on this instead of minimum wage, you know, skills training, how do we compete with the world, um, fix health care, fix infrastructure. You know, let's get a criminal justice reform. Let's look at decisions by the cops that have disenfranchised us. Let's look at our institutions. Because I believe that we have some of the best things to operate when we have institutional roadblocks. So that's why I said this conversation about stuff like that. But if we don't have an identity, then we cannot even get to the floor to have debates and present these issues and also pass legislation to help address some of these issues. And that's a problem. And we can do better, America. We really can. So, you know, if you miss a ball in the president and you cheer him on, um, it looks like it's very, this phone call has to be a wake up call. Yeah, it, it has to be if you and care just a tiny bit about America. Um, Okay, everyone has a good one.